Welcome to the Creative Studio. This is the podcast where we conduct experiments in podcasting. Most podcasters stick with the quote-unquote normal podcasting practices, but you, you're different. You like to try different things. You do it like this, and then you break the mold. This fifth season of the Creative Studio is a production of Podcast Guy Media, LLC. We will be talking with people that are doing something unique with their podcast. Maybe it's their format, their philosophy, their niche, whatever it is, we'll find out what makes them tick, we'll see what works and what doesn't. And then we'll see what we can be able to learn so we can be able to apply that to our own podcast too. You can visit our website at podcastingexperiments.com or creativestudio.academy. Today, we'll be talking with Eric Trules, and he has his podcast, E-Travels with E-Trules. And it's unique in that it combines travelogue storytelling with an orally immersive experience of sound, effects, and music that take you right to the destination that he's describing. We'll talk about his podcasting journey, his publishing schedule with alternating formats, and then also the beauty of travel. Now, before we jump into the interview for today, let's pause for a meta moment. This is where we review one or two podcasts about podcasting in this podcast about podcasting. Today's meta moment is Podcast Talent Coach with Eric K. Johnson. His podcast focuses primarily on the content of your podcast and how to improve it. In episode 175 of Podcast Talent Coach, Eric shares his journey as a hockey coach and how it relates to determining the why behind your podcast. The concept of knowing and following your why is not new, but Eric's story and explanation do a great job at exploring the topic. And so you can check that out again at podcasttelecoach.com. This meta moment has been brought to you by Lipson. They are the media hosts that I use, and they're the number one place that I recommend as I work with new podcasters. In fact, I've recommended it several times as I've taught the new podcasters over the last couple of weeks. And so I've been recommending them for several years now. And so they're not a sponsor, but I recently became an affiliate for them. And so if you sign up with Lipson and use the coupon code Josh, you will be able to receive a free month of hosting. And actually it's a little bit more than a month because you'll get the rest of this current month and the next month free as well. And so just make sure you don't change your hosting level before the free month ends. Otherwise, you could be charged early. And so, again, you can go to Lipson.com and sign up using the code Josh, J-O-S-H. So what I like to start with is how did you get into podcasting to begin with? No, it's been a relatively short time. I'm episode 17. It's going to be released soon. And those are released every other week. So I guess that means 34 weeks, which is more than half a year, which has taken a lot of effort and work and collaboration and been new to me. But then again, I've been an artist for almost five decades, almost 50 years. Just a little background. I started as a modern dancer and became a professional clown. I've been a university theater professor at USC for 31 years, and I just retired. And that's going to loop around back into my podcast. So I've been a storyteller 
and a performance artist and a solo performer for a long time, a lot of years, long before there was any Moth or Ira's show. So I got comfortable teaching at USC. And now that I'm retired, I'm out in the artistic world again. And one of my students came to one of my live shows and listened to a bunch of travel stories. That was the focus that night. And he said, Truels, I like reading your stories, but hearing them is so much better. Why don't you do a podcast? I sort of said, what's a podcast? Not exactly, but I had a steep and fast learning curve. I did want to do it. I did get a grant in my last year from USC, University of Southern California, esteemed university. I found either directly through our sound design program, a sound designer and engineer, and much more luckily, a music composer. And that's what I'll talk about that makes the show a little different and a little more challenging. But I did find those two people, and we recorded probably 10 episodes. I didn't know how to get a host. I didn't know much about releasing or producing. And that is a whole other thing other than just the art of storytelling or recording in a studio. But I went to the, I think it's called the Hollywood Podcast Festival. I had just gone to a local meetup here in Los Angeles called Podcasts and Pizza. It has a Facebook page if you want to check it out, but it's mostly for people to meet up live here in LA. And I was told the guests that night were these three producers, mostly comics who had comic podcasts, that they were going to run the Hollywood Pod Fest at a fancy hotel in Beverly Hills. I signed up for one day with the intention of finding a podcast producer. I had stayed about half an hour, went to big sort of lobby, and there were two people sitting at opposite ends of the table. I introduced myself and I said, I'm looking for a podcast producer. Do you know anybody? And the girl at the far end of the table said, well, I know somebody He might be coming later. I said, have him look for the guy with a blue hat. And sure enough, Half an hour later, they found the guy with a blue hat. That was me. And I met Harry Duran, who's become my producer and is well known for his own podcast called Podcast Junkies, also on iTunes and has his own page. And Harry taught me everything I needed about consolidating my scattered web presence into a single page, into signing up with Libsyn, to getting a really good player, and just organizing a really nice looking page that's very user-friendly. And so I've had a lot of help hand-holding on my quick journey. So I have been insulated and prevented from making a lot of mistakes. But then again, at my age, I think one should do that. We don't have as much time to make all these mistakes and try to do it again. Although last week I did it one of these interviews from Scott's studio, the barbershop here in Echo Park, L.A., and it went fine an hour end. And then a week later, the podcaster said, well, sorry, we got nothing on my end. So <laughs> it was half an interview. So I'm sure that's not going to happen with you today. Right, Josh? Uh, I certainly hope not. And so <laughs> I see the recording going on both sides. So <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like good news. So E-Travels with E-Trules is available on iTunes and Stitcher. And I hope a unique travel podcast that combines not only storytelling to off the beaten track, sort of once in a lifetime kind of trips, 
but hopefully it has insights, some humors, perspective, and artistic point of view. And it's orally, A-U-R-A-L-L-Y, immersive with sound and effects and music that take you right to the destination. For example, if I'm telling a story about Bali, the composer has recreated Balinese gamelan music because it's always risky in the podcast whether you're going to use royalty, not use royalty-free music and decide that you want to use Jim Morrison at the end of this little episode singing This Is The End. Turns out that I know the drummer of The Doors, John Densmore, and he couldn't give me the rights. He had me go to the lawyers who denied me the rights. So it's wonderful to have a composer who can recreate these sounds, very site-specific and recreative of the original music. So the listener of the podcast gets the treat of both the story and being taken there orally. Yeah, that's very cool. And so I didn't listen to a lot of it, but I listened to a part of your last episode. And so definitely was pretty interesting. And so you had, what was that, mandolin music, I believe that was. Oh, here's the other thing that I didn't mention. Because they're so time-consuming to make these travelogue podcast episodes, Harry, my producer, convinced me to release, I want to release once a month, which he said, well, if you start building an audience, that's way too long for them to have them wait. So you got to do it at least twice a week. So he said, why don't you do something behind the scenes? So I said, okay, trying to learn and be open-minded. So I now have every other week behind the scenes episodes. And that's what you listened to last week. That's my last release. The even numbered episodes, 246 through 16, are the behind the scenes and the odd numbers are the sound immersive travelogues. And uh, episode zero, the welcome episode, is the best one to start you with because you get some excerpts and samples of different places around the world. And I think it's a nice introduction. It's about 15 minutes long. Okay. I'll definitely have to check those out then to be able to get the full effect. Definitely need to do that. So what is it that you cover in the behind the scenes that would be interesting for us to talk about today? Well, I like to feature, I don't know, we can talk about whatever, but I think the travelogue, what's unique in the podcast field, whereas the interviews are interviews. What was great about the one that you listened to with Morlin Higgins, he's a steam theater actor and a musician who plays the whole family of mandolin. So that really interested me. He hasn't traveled a lot, so he wondered what the hell I asked him on travel podcast for. But he's a fellow traveler down the path of life where kindred spirits who believe that the journey is more important than the destination and one can't plan out everything in life. So it was a beautiful conversation, I think. And what made it even more special was that we opened with his mandolin and we punctuated the episode with several excerpts of traditional Celtic music and some tunes of his own. So it had a beautiful feeling for that interview. The other interviews have literally been behind the scenes of my own podcast, interviewing Harry Duran, the producer. He talks about podcast producing in general. And the second behind the scenes was with my own production team, literally behind the scenes of the E-Travels with E-Trules podcast with Amanda Yamate, who composes the music, and Alicia Bermudez, who does the sound design and it's really fun to work with. She picks and scores the 
effects. So second behind the scenes was with them. And then I just interview people who are either foreign born, but they're usually kindred artistic spirits. So every once in a while, I've done an interview where someone's solicited me and has traveled a lot, but they tend to be a little more antiseptic. I don't really know the person, so I ask good, curious questions, but I don't feel like they've come out as well as the interviews with people I know, either in a special way for a long time. I think the podcast and radio medium can capture that energy. So an interview that sort of clinical and even good, not only technically, but content-wise, is not as good as one where there's real chemistry. So I interviewed a solo performer who was born in Nigeria, Liz Femi. I interviewed a solo performer, storyteller from Jamaica, Deborah Earhart. She's done a solo show called Jamaica Farewell, and she's done it all over the world. She's funny and vivacious and I don't feel shy in asking the people I know well about the complications in their country. Because every country, what's interesting to me in human nature and in cultures, and not particularly politics, because they tend to be more similar, but in people and in personalities of cultures, is the vulnerability and almost flaws and what's wrong or what's not right or what's under the skin that is really present in the culture and the minds and psyches of people. Not all the things that are going well a la Facebook profile, you know, that's very easy to maintain and dissemble about. But it's interesting and it makes people and cultures human. And that's what storytelling is all about. Storytelling is about vulnerability in a narrative sense, rooting for an underdog or the main character who you care about. That can be Rocky in the movie or Juno in the movie or any podcast character or any moth character, any solo performance character. You root for somebody you care about and you usually care about the character who is vulnerable and who you can identify with. That's a long-winded answer, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's very cool. I like that. So I like when the podcast can be able to peel the curtain back, be able to show some more of the things behind the scenes and kind of bring out something a little bit different than what's brought out in the normal episodes. So definitely appreciate that. Definitely want to check out your podcast even more than I have already. And so, yeah, well, I'll give you a little example of some of these travelogues because that's what I'd love your listeners to check out, not only for the technical I hope skill that's displayed. It's such a good mix and clean mix. And it's so travel immersive to go to a places with original music and sound. Ahoy there, fellow travelers. Welcome to E-Travels with E-Trules. A personal and literary podcast of travel adventures and misadventures from around the world. This is Eric Trules, and thanks for listening. Travels with E Trules. Christmas 2008. Amsterdam, the perfect city. Perfect? Well, I remember in Kerala, India, 
sitting at the edge of the gently flowing cow-brown Allopy River, laid back with my legs up on the wooden arms of the traditional grandfather chair, I felt like I was in the perfect place, just watching the river flow, at peace with myself and the universe. I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to pursue anything. I just had to let it all come to me, whatever it was. Yeah, so that sounds very interesting, the story there about about being able to do that. I've never done anything like that. I've been out of the country a couple times, but I went to Mexico once, kind of went down to, let's see, what was that, Chihuahua? Chihuahua, dusty little town. Yeah, so (laughs) I went there one summer on a missions trip. And then I went to just across the border, the other side of El Paso. It's the worst. No gales. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but anyway, so I had that. And then I went to Toronto, Canada. And so that was kind of my experience of traveling abroad so far. Hopefully, we plan on doing some more in the future. Well, it's not impossible, even with three children, Josh. So uh, consider it. But I'm shocked and amazed and disheartened by how many. Facebook posts and meeting people think it's cool and absolutely okay to not travel and stay in America and not see the rest of the world because there's enough to see in the good old U.S. of A. And I can't disagree with that last part. There is a lot to see in the good old U.S. of A. I've been to 49 states. I just missed, no, Hawaii, no, Alaska. I missed Alaska, but I hope I'll go there soon. But most people We'll use the standard excuses. It's too much money. It's scary. It's uncomfortable. I get out of my routine. There's terrorism in the world. These things are all true. But the perspective you gain from leaving your own four walls and country is astoundingly worth it. You realize that America is not the center of the world, that most people in other countries and on the planet Don't think too much about it. Don't read front page news the way we do. Sure, right now, Trump is a phenomenon worldwide, but usually no. And then you see how much in common people have with each other, how much they care about family and children and education and putting food on the table and even getting their new iPhone if they can afford it. But People are not generally to be feared and labeled as the other. The way I see it is we're all somehow connected by our humanity. And it's fascinating to see the differences, not in the human spirit, but in the dance and food and how people worship and so many cultural things, the way people move and go through life and Worship is a good one because the practices can be so different, although the intention is usually pretty much the same. So I think it's a shame that people think it's okay not to travel and that it's okay to stay home for all the legitimate reasons they give. But if you can push yourself out of your comfort zone and into the unknown and let go of control, that is the beauty of travel and of life, not knowing everything and trying to control everything minute by minute. Well, thank you. (laughs) I love that. Like I said, I really hope to be able to do that. Kind of our ideal 
dream location is Ireland. And so we have that on our scope, I guess you could say. That sounds cool. You should search in the podcast world. I wish I could remember the name of the podcast. It has something with education in its three words. Wish I could plug it, but it's podcaster and wife who travel with kids. And the episodes are often focused on what's available for the kids to do. And if I will, after I go home today, send you the link so maybe you can put it in your show notes if you have them. Okay. Is that the one where the family sailed around the world together? I don't think it's a particular journey. I think this family that just goes all the time. Uh, Not exactly digital nomads, which I think is a fantastic phenomenon in the world these days. People, mostly young people who don't have a home and make a living online and just move from country to country. It's You certainly couldn't do that in my day. Okay. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and start to wrap up. But one thing I thought that was really interesting is I was kind of looking up on your stuff and trying to figure out a little bit more who you were. I came across a spot there where it talked about a clown running for mayor of New York City. The first thought that I had was I said, well, isn't there clowns that run in every election? No, this is an actual clown. I had your thinking in mind on my campaign slogan, which was put a real clown in Gracie Mansion. That Gracie Mansion is the mayor's home in New York City. And that was exactly it. I was running against 17 other clowns. And the guy who won, who was an excellent mayor, gets some clown points. His name was Ed Koch. He had a great sense of humor. He allowed me to hit him on the head with a plastic clown. He was very friendly towards my clown troop, which was New York City's resident clown troop. And we often represented the city in public in a program we called Free Public Laughs, which was going out into ordinary mundane public places like a Grand Central Station or the 42nd Street Library or Staten Island Ferry or the Yankee Stadium and just creating clown mayhem and laughs everywhere we went. And that was part of my artistic performance career that I probably spent five to seven years doing. Yeah, I know that didn't really have anything to do with the podcast, but I thought it was really interesting and at least gives a little bit extra to your personality. So, (laughs) Well, you know, probably a lot of people who listen to the podcast don't know that I was a professional clown. But they probably wouldn't be surprised after hearing the podcast and some of the ridiculous things that I say. (laughs) All right. Well, Eric, I definitely appreciate the time that you spent being able to share about your podcast and some of the unique things that you have done and that you're doing in your podcast as well. And so definitely appreciate that. And we'll definitely try to see if we can stay in touch. That's great. Thanks, Josh. Unique is good. All right. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's episode of the Creative Studio Podcasting Experiments. If you found this podcast to be helpful or interesting, please share it with a friend. Detailed show notes can be found on the website at podcastingexperiments.com. And you can leave me a voicemail and I may be able to include it in a future episode. I would love to be able to hear from you. That number is 405-771-0567. Creative Studio Podcasting Experiments is a production of Podcast Guy Media LLC at podcastguymedia.com. 
Yeah, well, uh, I, I'll give you a little uh, example of some of these travelogues because that's what I'd love uh, your listeners to check out, not only for the technical, uh, uh, I hope, skill that's displayed. It's such a good mix and clean mix, and it's so so uh, travel immersive to go to a places with original music and sound. Uh, but, for example, uh, I'm traveling... Uh, in the summer of 2003 to South America. I'm a seasoned traveler, and I completely forget that summer here is winter in the Southern Hemisphere. And we go to the Andes and to Machu Picchu and to the freezing Andes. And that that's our first vulnerability and strike against us. I'm traveling with uh, a woman I've just married a few months before who's 31 years younger than me, hardly speaks English and doesn't know who Bob Dylan or Richard Nixon are. Uh, so we have a gigantic cultural chasm between us. So that's sort of uh, a second vulnerability. And then uh, there's the unique personalities of me, your worthy storyteller, and my wife, who's along for the ride. And uh, we're taking all-night-long bus trips with indigenous people, women in bowlers, bowlers, those uh, black derby hats and these colorful serapis on all-night buses. And that's sort of cool for me, your middle-class New York guy. But it's not so cool for my wife, who's already from the third world of Indonesia and wants a good shower and a good hotel. And is not so keen on traveling on all-night buses. So... Uh, we end up in this little town called Alausi in southern Ecuador because it's the uh, point of departure for this architecturally amazing uh, train ride to El Nariz del Diablo, the nose of the devil, uh, in southern Ecuador. And we're about the only gringos in this little town. Most of the gringos have hopped on the train four hours before, but I followed some guide, gotten here. We stayed in some shit hotel uh, in Alausi. Uh, uh, and <laughs> before we get on the train, my wife changes her mind about three times. No, I don't want to go. Yeah, I want to go. I, I go back and forth to the train station, buying and canceling tickets. And uh, we finally get on this train where it's packed on the rooftops with tourists from all over the world, but everybody fights for their place for this train ride to El Nariz del Diablo, where the train switchbacks up the mountain and down the mountain, caboose first, locomotive first, and it finally arrives at El Nariz del Diablo, where it promptly breaks down. Of course, it probably breaks down every trip because all the hawkers come out with their cocoa uh, beans and their, their snacks. And it's sort of a party on the broken down train in uh, Alausi, uh, Ecuador, <laughs> at El Nariz del Diablo. And I, uh, as an artist and an experiencer of the story, sort of compare a marriage, my marriage, to sort of a broken down train ride in southern Ecuador, on the train, off the train. Yes, no, let's stop, let's start. I'm going to get divorced. No, okay. Uh, so uh, I hope 
That's what I'm trying to do with my travel stories is to give some insight on the experience and a point of view that my listeners can relate to, uh, as opposed to just give uh, uh, individual uh, 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 colorful travel stories from the road, which we've all heard before.